Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, where our goal is to inspire you to become the best leader that you can be. We've got a special treat today. We have a baseball legend, 1969 World Series champion with the New York Mets, Art Shamsky, with us today. Art, thank you for taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to join us. Uh, Derek, thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Hey, most of us, if we've not lived under a rock, have heard, of course, of the of the 69 Mets. You're also the author of, of the new book, After the Miracle, The Lasting Brotherhood of the 69 Mets, on the cover. I'm holding it in my hand here. Great book. Uh, impossible 50 years ago and still unforgettable half a century later. That's what Bob Costas said. You and I had a chance to meet a few weeks ago, our, our mutual friend MJ Padone, and, and you were just sharing a few highlights, and, and I had goosebumps. And, and I said, I got I need to talk to you. And the timing is amazing. Uh, it's the 50th year anniversary. And uh, I, I would like to hear from you. Talk to me a little bit about uh, what we talked about for a few minutes, the tumultuous time in our country. Kind of paint the picture of, of what was happening in our nation. And that is a big moment for me. I wasn't there at the time. And, and I can only imagine, and you paint a vivid picture of that in, in both of your books. Well, the, 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 it, it, I think one of the reasons that that, Team, the 69 Mets resonates 50 years later is because of what was going on in the, in the country and, and in the city of New York and, and the world at the time. The war in Vietnam was just tearing this country up. There was so many problems uh, that, was, that the sort of all sorts of, uh, of protests and, and just unrest in, 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 in the country. And, and we made people, people feel better about their lives for a brief period of time. It was a it was an unbelievable year in terms of sports in New York City. The, the Jets won the Super Bowl in January. We won the World Series in October. And the Knicks in, in May of 70 won the NBA championships and all for the first time. And, and, and that's what the people remember, and particularly the Mets, because we came from nowhere. We were known as the lovable losers in the hmm. early years. Although I wasn't there, Derek. I can't take the blame <laughs> for those early years. But that's first good. year the Mets were in existence in 1962, the record was 40 wins and 120 losses. It's, it's hard to imagine losing 120 games in a year if, if you try to lose those games. But, but uh, we were known as the lovable losers. And when I got over there in 68, uh, Gil Hodges uh, came over to as our manager. And that really was a, the turning point. Although that year we finished ninth, a half game out of last place. And we still weren't a very good team. And, and in 69, it, it, uh, the, the Major League went into division play and, we were in the Eastern Division of the of the National League, and nobody then even thought we would we would do anything. Uh, but it turned out all of a sudden it all came together in August of that year. But but it's true that that era, that period of time was so uh, turbulent that again people remember and have passed on from generation to generation how we made them feel better about their lives. And, and I think that's what we wanted to do in the book. Uh, Eric Sherman co-wrote the book with me and. And there's so many books been written about that 1969 team. It, it's probably over 50. Wow. And what we wanted to do was, was just write something a little bit different, and we decided to take a trip out to see uh, Tom Seaver, who was our star of the team and uh, obviously the face of the franchise. And mm. We went out there, and still when we did made that trip, we weren't sure about the direction of the book. But once we went out there and saw him and, and sat down and rem- reminisced with the uh, the three other guys, the other teammates that we took out there, uh, it was just a, a wonderful experience. And we said, let's do it this way. Let's let's write about the relationships and the camaraderie and the love we have for each other, even after 50 years. And the other part that's important to to, to know is that we I wrote about or we wrote about aging. 
You know, it's the reality yeah. of life. If all of us have gotten older, we've lost 10 members of that team, and, and the couple are, are ill now. And so we wanted to go in that direction and, and make it a sentimental journey of these 50 years. And, and, and it's worked. book made the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. And, and um, um, I wanted you to get a copy and read about it because people who, who, who maybe weren't even born once they understand the, 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 the beauty of that team and, and how it, it changed relationships. And, and in my case, and I guess everybody on that team, all our lives changed October 16, 1969, when we won the World Series. Uh, it was just a, it's been a, a ride that it's hard to explain. And, and we had this reunion uh, um, this past weekend, and it's been unbelievable. Um, the Mets brought back all the players that could make it back. And, it was just a wonderful, um, a wonderful experience for all of us to be together again and share those moments. And uh, I can't tell you how how many fans just come up to me and just say thank you. It's not like they want to get something signed; they want to just say thank you huh. for, for 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 what you did for us back in 1969. And what's really interesting about it, I I, I meet people who weren't even born who know about that team. So. So uh, I know that was a long-winded answer, but the reality of it is it's been special for me and, and being part of that team. And I played 13 years, and really nobody ever talks about the other 12. It's really about 1969. Mm. Wow. Hey, thank you. No, thank you again. And, and you know, it, thanks for indulging me with my questions because I, I feel like I'm reading the book. I'm living it uh, for the first time because, again, I was born in 76. Uh, I, I want to so – you mentioned October 16th, so I have a note here I want to ask you about because you talk about it in the book. Uh, and I can only imagine, and I'm sure you've a- answered these questions many times, but uh, while we're on memory lane, talk to me about just the absolute electricity in the air. Uh, it's 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 October 16th. You, you, it's on everything on TV, in the papers. It's nationwide. It's it's electric. What what was that feeling like to wake up and that day, that morning, and and realize well, what in- you were about to do? Yeah, it was incredible. We we lost the first game of the series in Baltimore. And I, I have the notoriety of making the last out of the only game we lost <laughs> in the World Series. But we won the next one. Uh, our, our second best pitcher, Jerry Kuzman, pitched a great game. And we came back to New York 1-1. One and, one. And, and if we would have lost the second game and come back 0-2, we might have lost four in a row. It was a great Baltimore Oriole team that won 109 games that year. Wow. They had a great lineup and the terrific pitching staff. But we came back to New York 1-1. One and one. And uh, when we won the third game, which was Tuesday the 14th, but ironically was my birthday, and we won that game and went up 2-1, to one, I think there was a sense that we could really do something special. And, and then as we won game, uh, game four, uh, Tom Seaver pitched a great game. We won in the 10th inning and went up 3-1. to one. I mean, there was a feeling in, in, in New York and I think around the country that, oh, my gosh, this, this can't be happening. This, this team that was – Hundred to one to win a World Series uh. could possibly beat this incredible team. And on the 16th, I think with Jerry Kuzman coming back to pitch the second time in the series, we were all really confident. And, and as fate would have it, he pitched a terrific game, complete game. Uh, and so we won uh, on that day. It changed, like I said earlier, it changed all our lives. And uh, back then, it was all day games too. So a lot of people saw it. Uh, even kids who were in school, their teachers. Um, you know, let them come, uh, show them on, uh, show the games on television, and 
the world was caught up in this situation and huh. and people remember how exciting it was and 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 it was just unbelievable and then we had the ticker tape parade up broadway a couple of days later yeah. and it was just it was just one of these times that you dream about in your life that if you, you could ever be in this situation and, and i was lucky enough to be part of that team and I guess for all of us who are members of that team, no matter what we did in our careers, we'll always be known as being part of the 69 Mets, which is very, very special uh, in a sense because of what, again, I go back to what we did for the city in New York and how we made people feel. I don't, I don't you know, deny the fact that we, we, we weren't the greatest team ever to win a World Series, but, but we had a great manager in Gil Hodges and we had uh, situation where he got everybody involved in the game. So when you talk about the team, it's not just about Tom Seaver or Jerry Kuzman or Tommy Age or Cleon Jones. It's about some of the lesser-known players who became well-known because they were on that team, like Al Weiss and Don Clendenin and Eddie Cranepole and Ron Soboda, who made the great catch in Game 4, and, and uh, Ed Charles and Buddy Harrelson. And, I mean, I can go down the list with names. Huh. The reality is that because everybody on that team contributed, I think that's the beauty of it. Also, it wasn't that we just won; it was everybody was part of the team. That legacy of that the team of, of that goes on forever, and and who knows? You know, it's, uh, I think it's one of these teams that that uh, be uh, there'll be iconic memories of that team forever. And and after all of us are gone and not around anymore, people still remember the '69 Mets for what we did for. New York and the game of baseball. I always tell people we we really kind of made made the world a different place for a brief period of time in a world at a time when it was really a, uh, a really a tumultuous, really tough, tough time in this country. It's a beautiful story, and and yeah, I love it. There was there was it wasn't all all stars that that were on the team, but but got to be a part of this. That, that's huge. I love the brotherhood that way. Uh, I also. You know, in such a fragmented media world now, and 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 with so much going on, I, I think back on that time. I think that the two biggest things happening, uh, well, other than the war, the biggest thing happening in the world was this, and and it was a very unified time for people to focus and, and center around this, and that's huge. Well, you don't see that very often, if if ever, well, anymore. Well, it's interesting. I, my first book was called um, "The Magnificent Seasons," which was about those three teams. Huh. And I wrote about, I used timeline events to show what was going on in, in certain situations when there was big games for the Jets or the Mets or the Knicks. And you know what? I, it's interesting, Derek. I couldn't find any good news. Other than the walk on the moon, and I guess Woodstock, if you want to call that, uh, you know, <laughs> something good, which uh, which was uh, ironically a uh, very, very spiritual endeavor. Right. But but the reality of it was that, that there was no good news and. and and it was a world that was again upside down. I know we have problems now in the world, but back then, it was in, for those who lived through it, the war in Vietnam was was just an incredible thing that was tearing this country apart. And I've had Vietnam veterans come up to me and say, "Thank you for making me feel better for five minutes in a place that was the worst place in the world in Vietnam." And so, so that part of it is so so spiritual for me and wonderful when people say that, but. It was just a very difficult time, and if you, and for those of you who weren't around at that time, it's hard to imagine what, what it was like. I mean, just as an example, when the Knicks won their championship, I believe it was May 8th in 70, uh, three days before that happened, they had the shootings at Kent State, where our National Guard shot and killed five students. Uh. And we did not. Our National Guard, because it was a protest 
on the campus and, and, and it just it just it was just a, a horrible time and and so again it was just that these teams and in particular the Mets because of where we came from just made people feel and part of that and and again talking to somebody like yourself who even wasn't born but now understands and and knows about that that period of time is is very 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 special for me well i, I came back from from us meeting in person and and uh, i told some of the, the the groups i work with when we talked about doing an interview i said uh i felt like i was uh, sitting with a historian and, and reading this book, and, and, and I, I, and I appreciate that. No, I appreciate that. I really do because because I, I look for a story. That's what I do. I want to see stories. I, I want to understand it, and context is everything. And so for you talking about this time of the, the, the war and, and uh, the Woodstock and, and first person or walking on the moon, that's those are huge things. Those are things I read about in history books, but I didn't get to see. I wasn't there. And so that's a big deal. And here, I want to talk for just a minute also, though. And first of all, I want to give a shout-out to my father-in-law, Walter Lane, there on Long Island because he was at that series. It's a defining moment in his life as a teenager. And uh, he was one of those storming the field with many others after you won each game. So uh, shout no, out to that my, was, to uh, my that father-in-law. Was, we had three celebrations back then. Remember, that was the first year of division play. So we won a division at Shea Stadium. And then we won the pennant against the terrific Atlanta Brave team. Hmm. And then we won the World Series against Baltimore. Uh, Shea Stadium got torn up. <laughs> and that was there, there was really no crowd control back then. And there's these <laughs> pictures of, of these crowds rushing onto the field and and uh, unbelievable, and uh, and uh, the grounds crew. I got to give them a shout out. I don't know who's around anymore, but the grounds crew did a fantastic job just getting those that field ready for for things that were going on. And so it was just uh, that kind of time. But again, what's really interesting: people needed something to make them feel better about their lives. It was either financial or health wise, or or the war again, and and people just grabbed on. To something to, to to make them feel better. We were we were a light at the end of the tunnel for these people, and and I think that that's what makes me feel so good about being part of that team because it's just amazing that the amount of just thank you for the memories, thanks for 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 this, thanks for that. It's it's just amazing that we all of us who were part of the team hear that all the time. And I, I live in the New York area, so I hear right. it every day. Well, I had wanted to ask you about that. That was one of my questions is you've been living in New York for, and you talk about in the book that you, you, you're, you're transplant to New York. And at first you were trying to figure it out and with, with the accents and I get that. Uh, and then, but yeah. then you, uh, you lived there for 50 years following the event. You're a living legend there. You, you're on, a, I think, on Everybody Loves Raymond. One of the, the dogs' name was Shamsky. Yeah, correct? they named the dog after me. David. <laughs> That's one example of that. That wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have been on that championship team. Right. I mean, I hear that. I get more. I get that question more than baseball stuff. I, you, you know wow. they named the dog after you and Everyone Loves Raymond. And I, and I say to people, <laughs> well, we did it uh, back in two, it was a 1999. So after all these years, I think I finally figured out that I was – I was on that program and they named the dog after me, but but it's uh, again one of these things that 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 happens to you. I mean, it once once we won, so many things happened to all of us. We were on so many shows and so many things. I went. They took seven of us to Las Vegas to sing at Caesar's Palace and make fools of ourselves on stage. But it was wonderful. I mean, just to yeah. be part of all this and and I think all that that kind of stuff would not have happened if it wouldn't have been the Mets. The lovable losers who lost so many games in the mid-60s, early 60s, and came out and won a World Series in 1969. None of that would have happened if it wasn't that 
that kind of uh, team that was known to known to be such a bad team, and then go ahead and win. And again, of course, what was going on in the in the country at the time? It's such a great story. I want to transition for a minute and talk about the book I'm holding in my hand right now because, and they better make a movie. I'm sure you're working through those things, but this needs to be a movie. <laughs> it needs to be, and it's not about baseball. It's it's about you know you talked about aging. You talk, and I mean to to 50 years later, and I'm gonna just read for just a second how the book just at the beginning. Uh, you, you call Hall of Famer. You call. Uh, Tom Seaver and you say hey I'm writing a book on our team and I'd like to come out with some of the guys to see you in May at this point I'm going to try to get Buddy Coons and Rocky to come along we'll sit around laugh a little reminisce and tell the same old lies the balls that we barely hit over the fence that are now 500 foot blasts yeah. those kind of lies yeah. and then Seaver chuckled and said ah but those are good lies so yeah, imagine sitting was- to our audience imagine being a fly on the wall to hear baseball legends recalling their memories which is even cooler large and small how special would that be? And you actually get the chance to do that in this book. It's a super cool. Yeah, what happened was that uh, Tom uh, had not been well for a while. He had, he had had Lyme disease for 20 years, and they misdiagnosed it for a couple of years. And w- what we wanted to do is I, I wanted to, to, to talk to him and interview him, but I didn't want to do it over the phone. It just wouldn't have had the same kind of, of context that, of, of not being in, to do it in person. And when I talked to him, and he said, sure, come on out. And, and I uh, said, I'm going to bring a couple guys and told him who. And he said, that would be great. But he said, I'm, I just talked to my wife because um, I just, uh, she makes up my schedule and stuff like that. And at that point, he wasn't doing any traveling. So it just made sense to go out there. So when I talked to his wife, Nancy, she said, you know, he has good days and bad days. You guys are liable to get out here and he might be having a bad time. Hmm. And, and so, so we just rolled the dice. I, we got Buddy Harrelson, who had just announced that he uh, was in early stages of Alzheimer's, and then they were roommates on the road playing together, both from California. Uh, it was important for him to, to go with us because I thought it would be therapeutic for both Tom and Buddy to get together. And then we took Jerry Kuzman, who was the second-best pitcher and terrific guy and a funny guy, and, and Ron Svoboda, who made the great catch when Tom was pitching in right field in Game 4. And and and, and we, we just... We just said, let's try and get out there, and hopefully Tom will feel okay. So all uh, Buddy and myself uh, came from New York, and Derek Sh- Eric Sherman, the co-writer, and we went out there, and and, and um, Jerry Kuzman had to come from Minneapolis and t- on a flight, and Ron Svoboda came from New Orleans, and so we had to coordinate it, and it was just a roll of the dice, and when we got out there, we still didn't know if he was going to feel okay. Huh. We, we spent the money. We said, it's worth it. Let's, let's see what happens. And we got there on a late um, Friday afternoon, and I called, and, and Nancy Seaver said, it's too late today, uh, let's try for tomorrow. But tomorrow being Saturday was the only day that we could really do this because we had to leave early Sunday to, to get the flights and, and and work that stuff out. So as luck would have it, somebody was watching over us. I called on Saturday, and she said, you lucked out. He's feeling pretty good. We went over to his house and, and uh up in Napa Valley, just a beautiful place. He's in the wine business, and hmm. and uh, just a beautiful, beautiful setting. And we got there, and it was it was it was just a wonderful eight or nine hours of sitting around and talking. We went out into the vineyards, and we walked around. He told us how he uh, he's in the wine business, and that's what he wants to do the rest of his life. And and then we went out to lunch in in uh, Calabasas, which is not Calabasas. I'm I'm sorry. It's uh, uh, um, I forget the name of the town right there where he's living, and it's Northern California. And it's huh. a beautiful place, and uh, and it was just this incredible 
day that we spent. And, and when we said goodbye, it was bittersweet because uh, you just didn't know. You didn't know if we were going to see everybody together again. And, and we knew there was going to be a reunion this year, but we didn't think Tom was going to come back for it. And as it turned out, a couple months later, uh, a couple months earlier this year, they announced that he wasn't going to be making any public appearances anymore. And so, huh. so the trip there was really the, the, the basis for the whole book. It's, it's not about Tom Seaver, the book, but it's about the camaraderie and the love and the, right. and the, and the aging process that we've all gone through and the, and the guys that we lost. And we sat around and reminisced about those wonderful players who passed away, including our manager, Gil Hodges, but you guys huh. like Tug McGraw and Tommy Agee and Don Clendenin and Cal Coons, Don Cardwell, the coaches of Yogi and Rube Walker and, uh, and Eddie Yost. And it was just, you know, it, it was it was bittersweet in a sense, but just wonderful to, to reminisce about all these guys that were so important to the success of that team. And, and that really became the basis of the book. And huh. we started out the, the, the trip to put it together and then, um, and then went went through the season. We didn't want to do a game by game thing, although we did talk about specific games. But, um, but then we finished off with coming home and how important that that couple of days was for us. But that was the beauty of it. It was just this wonderful experience of going out to see him. Well done on that. Well done on the book and, and the way the story is told. It's it's great. You give some some funny moments. We basically get insight as you as as you guys are reminiscing. We get in on that in the book, and you tell about small moments, a Doberman in the locker room, uh, uh, experiences with Yogi that that are that are humorous, and just all kinds of great small moments, which are my favorite, uh, because those are what make uh, the big know, moments. What's interesting, Yogi was the perfect example. A lot of people didn't forget, <laughs> you know, the Yogi's so associated with the Yankees, right? But uh, he won a World Series with us as a first base coach, and uh, I like to tell the story that when I got over there, and I'm from St. Louis originally, and he was too, and. And we, you know, I wanted to just get to know him because he was an idol of mine. And it was, uh, you know, it was just the, the funny stories about getting to get to know Yogi and everything. And he was our technically our hitting coach. And I tell people as great as Yogi was, he was our hitting coach, but never talked to us once about hitting. And he was just, uh, he said, I said to him one time, I said, Yogi, I'm really struggling uh, swinging the bat. He said, we'll see it and hit it. That was it. <laughs> that was our hitting instruction. So, but it was great to have him there because he was, he was such a wonderful guy, and uh, and uh, you know Yogi is going to go down in history as one of the most unbelievable characters who ever played baseball, and he's got thirteen or fourteen World Series rings. So this wow. was just another one for him. But but uh, it was great to have him around and very special person. Mm. One of my favorite visuals in the book, and, and thank you for sharing that, is was you, was your group sitting at Denny's in, in Napa area and and. Uh, and and the waitress is coming up and saying, "Are you guys famous?" And and the couple of you wearing your your the the Mets uh, jerseys, and then uh, uh, and then someone was holding the sixty nine newspaper. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was I think it was a magazine that Kuzman was on the cover. Wow. And uh, and, the, and the waitress happened to be from upstate New York, so it kind of all fell Perfect. into place. But uh, you know, once you hear once she heard the Mets, and then sixty nine, and she happened oh. to be old enough to remember it. You know, it was like we could get it. We got all the free coffee we wanted. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. See, there are there are perks of being on that team. You get uh, you got the free coffee at Denny's. So, oh, so it was it. Uh, you know just part of the experience. It was just great. Man, Art, thank you for spending time with us. Final question with you. Just, I'm curious for you. You have all these memories. Is there one in particular moment or a small, large? What that that's your your fondest or most proud memory that you have? 
Well, you know, being part of that team is always going to be special. But uh, it, it, I mentioned earlier that I made the last out of, of the first game, and I didn't start the game because you know, at that time Gil was platooning myself and Ron Sobota in right field, but he did send me up to pinch hit in, in the ninth inning, uh, and, and I, um, I I was on the on-deck circle getting up there, and I, and, and I just remembered that, you know, I had about 30 seconds to think about this, and, and, and I thought about – this is interesting, Derek – um, this is a great question because I thought about about all the times as a little kid and my friends went to the park to practice and and play baseball and make up games and then all the the high school games that I played little league high school American Legion and all the all the minor league games that I played in to get to the big leagues and uh. and I, I thought about all that to get to this moment in my life which was every kid's dream to be in the World Series. And, and I think that flashed on me, and I think about that all the time. And I also think about that at-bat that, that I grounded out to second uh, and could have been a hero and just as easily hit the ball out of the ballpark. But that moment on the on-deck circle of uh, every kid's dream to be on a, in the World Series and, of course, winning it, I think, was very, very special for me. But there's so many moments in my career and so many moments that particular year that are so important. That I that I'm able to talk about with uh, wonderful people like yourself and and express how important that was to be on that team and and be a member of that this historic team and so uh, I'm just very thankful I've got I've got uh, I've got everything to be thankful for being part of that team. Well, Art, thank you again, baseball legend Art Shamsky. Make sure that you get his book. It's a great book. Whether you're a sports fan or not, you need to read this. It is a great story. Uh, After the Miracle, The Lasting Brotherhood of the 69 Mets. And Art, thank you for wearing this well. And it couldn't happen to a better person. And I appreciate you taking time to reminisce and and document for us because I think it's important. And and, and my generation and future generations uh, are going to continue to talk about this story. And uh, especially the way that you're helping share it. All right, great. Thanks, Derek. Thank you again, Art.